Hello everybody, welcome to the first ever Dropout Report. I am your host, Ryan Taylor, and uh, I feel like I should I should explain what exactly the Dropout Report is. Uh, last week, if you didn't know, I did a uh, full E3 coverage. I, I reviewed every press conference from E3 2018, and prior to that, we've done a sort of news segment on episodes of Jedi Dropouts, the podcast that I co-host with James Moss. Uh, and I've been feeling like uh, there's some potential for something along those lines, just for me to do every now and then. And uh, so I've decided to compile all the news that doesn't make the cut for our news segment. Um, everything that it isn't quite rele- relevant enough to mention on the Jedi Dropouts podcast and uh, make a, I don't know, weekly, bi-weekly, I'm not sure yet. Um, just a little, it's, it's just a little news report. Some geeky stuff, some movie news, uh, some funny and weird shit. Uh, whatever I think uh, is entertaining or irrelevant or noteworthy in the news, um, I'm gonna pile it all together and throw it out there. So, welcome again to the first episode of the Dropout Report. Um, settle in for your uh, your morning news, but don't expect uh, fucking NTV here. Um, I'm gonna start off with something a little bit serious and just just get it out of the way because it has to be mentioned. Uh, if you haven't heard about everything involving Chris Hardwick recently, uh, Chris Hardwick, best known for hosting basically every talk show on AMC, uh, most notably The Talking Dead, and uh, being the founder of Nerdist Industries, a major podcast network which personally influenced me in getting into podcasting in the first place. Uh, he's been accused of some very, very serious allegations by his ex. Uh, I won't get into the details. They're absolutely horrific. And uh, Nerdist and AMC have both formally completely cut ties with Chris Hardwick. They're not supporting him in any way. And I am not either. Us here at Jedi Dropouts, we we absolutely do not support uh, any of that kind of shit. We're not the type of people to make excuses for for people's behavior or or to victim blame in any way. Um, I just felt like as I've definitely I must have mentioned him on a previous podcast. He uh, and his podcast network were highly influential in me getting into podcasting in the first place. And I just feel like I should throw it there like, yes, uh, he did influence me. And uh, I guess for a period, I I definitely did idolize the guy. But uh, no, we we do not support him. We do not support any of the shit that is going on with him. And if uh, it, I, I do believe these allegations, I do believe that they're true, and my god, they're horrific. I cannot, I can't even get into it. It's just awful. Uh, definitely feel for 
uh, his ex, Chloe, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, Dick, Dickstra, um, who in her own right uh, has has had some success in the uh, in the geek world with IGN and Nerdist Industries in the past. Um, really, really hope for the best for her because uh, clearly she's been through some awful, terrible shit. Um, and with that, like I, I just I wanted to get that out of the way first and foremost, so we can get into the entertaining side of things. Okay. Uh, now, something I, I was not going to get into at all because it didn't seem that interesting, but last night, uh, the MTV Movie and TV Awards aired, and I quickly just glanced at the winners, and, like, they're all pretty relevant to the podcast, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly run through the winners from last night's MTV Movie and TV Awards, uh... First off, they gave Chris Pratt a Generation Award, whatever that means. I mean, I get it. I, Jurassic World and, and Guardians of the Galaxy, the Lego movie, like, he, he's been big in this generation of movies, for sure. Uh, and then they gave Lena Waithe a Trailblazer Award, highly deserved, a uh, long time coming there. Uh... Keeping up with the Kardashians won Best Reality Series. I know uh, James is probably very disappointed that the RuPaul's Drag Race did not win that one. Um, Gaga, five foot two, was the winner of the Best Music Documentary. Uh, let me see. Best Kiss went to Nick Robinson and Kanan Lonsdale from Love Simon. Haven't seen that yet. Let's see. Best fight went to Gal Gadot uh, from Wonder Woman. Uh, let's see. Scene Stealer Award went to Madeline Petsch, best known for playing Cheryl Blossom in Riverdale. Best best comedic performance went to Tiffany Haddish of Girls Trip. And then the most relevant to the podcast here, we got first starters. Uh, best on screen team went to the entire cast of It. Which, I mean, couldn't couldn't agree more. Uh, the Losers Club was perfect. And then uh, Stranger Things took home a slew of awards. Uh, Stranger Things won Best Show. Uh, best Performance in a TV Show went to Millie Bobby Brown for playing Eleven. Most Frightened Performance went to Noah Schnapp. Best, uh, it plays Will Byers on the show. And Black Panther took home four awards uh, for Best Movie... Uh, best performance in a movie went to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, best hero also went to Chadwick Boseman. And best villain went to Michael B. Jordan for playing Killmonger. So, with all the awards that Stranger Things and Black Panther picked up last night, I felt like it was it was at least a little bit relevant. And why not? Let's throw it in there. Um, okay, I have a ton of news, uh, fun information, and I'm going to... Just plow through it. Uh, and this is just the stuff that did not make the cut for the upcoming Jedi Dropouts episode. We've got some even better shit to talk about there. Uh, let's see. We have... Uh, Ewan McGregor has been cast in the upcoming film Doctor Sleep. And if you don't know Doctor Sleep, if you're not excited by that sentence, Doctor Sleep 
is a movie based on a Stephen King novel. It is the uh, direct sequel to The Shining. Um, and Ewan McGregor will be playing adult Danny Torrance from, yes, The Shining. That that little, you know, red rum, that kid. Uh, so this is fucking cool. Uh, I have not got around to reading this book. Um, I have a copy sitting on my shelf right now. And hopefully they do it as well as they've done recent Stephen King adaptations. Uh, this is very, very fucking cool. Uh, and in other Stephen King news, uh, Stephen King's book, The Outsider, has been picked up, uh, it's going straight to TV series here, like, they're, they're writing the pilot, they're working on it, they don't have a network or anything like that yet. What's interesting is that book was only released on May 22nd, less than a month ago. I, I mean, I haven't got around to it, I have it ready to go. Uh, but uh, that that was really fast. Uh, it's gonna be picked up for a ten episode limited series, um, just the one shot, and the pilot is being written by Richard Price, best known for his writing on The Deuce, The Night of, The Wire, and The Color of Money. Um, so that should be interesting. Uh, I don't know much about the book. It sounds interesting. The premise sounds fucking great. I don't have it here, so I can't read it out to you, and I probably should have included that. Uh, that will be something to keep in mind for the next dropout report. Uh, speaking of TV news, Game of Thrones. Um, HBO has been working on a ton of Game of Thrones spinoffs. Uh, four spinoffs, to be exact, are in development, and they have gotten to the point of ordering a pilot for one of those spinoffs. It's gotten to that point in development where, yes, they're about to make the first episode of a series. Um, if you're not familiar with the TV process, you've got uh, the buying of the rights, the, the, the pre-development of what the series will be, the ordering of a pilot, the picking up for a series. There's a, it's a long process, but... Uh, one of these four series has uh, been ordered to pilot. Uh, and I'm no expert, so I could have fucked that up somewhere. Uh, screenwriter on the pilot, Jane Goldman, best known for Kingsman, Kick-Ass, and Stardust, uh, is quoted as saying, this is this is a quote uh, straight from her on this particular spinoff, uh, taking place thousands of years before the events of Game of Thrones, the series chronicles the world's descent from the golden age of heroes into into its darkest hour. And only one thing is for sure, from the horrifying secrets of Westeros' history to the true origin of the White Walkers, the mysteries of the East, to the Starks of legend, it is not the story we think we know. That sounds pretty fucking cool. I, I was skeptical when they talked about all these Game of Thrones spinoffs, like, but, I mean... It's a it's a really deep world. Uh, there's so much history. There's so much lore. I feel like if they get the right people working on this, there could be some fantastic television and some some incredible stories to be told there. In other TV news, Rick and Morty season four is now in production. 
holy shit, we never thought we were seeing the day, I mean, with all the uh, controversy that was going around about them not being renewed for another season, and finally being renewed for seven ten-episode seasons, uh, season four is in production, they're claiming that the wait times between seasons will be smaller, which is great, because we've had to wait, like, um, it must be a good year and a half to two years between each season, and, uh, yeah, I, I am hardcore for Rick and Morty, I love it, and I can't wait to, I'm so glad that we're basically being promised this much Rick and Morty, I can't, I can't see the quality going down either, so long as Dan Herman and Justin Roiland are always involved. Uh, let's see, some more TV news here. Star Trek Discovery uh, has replaced its showrunner again. Uh, just recently renewed for a second season. Uh, they originally had Brian Fuller as the showrunner. Uh, Brian Fuller is a fucking master of television. He's best known for Hannibal, American Gods, Dead Like Me, and Pushing Daisies. Uh, he was replaced by Gretchen Berg and Aaron Herberts, who I don't know from anything other than Star Trek Discovery, uh, but they have now again uh, been replaced by Alex Kurtzman, who is a writer best known for uh, Star Trek and Star Trek Not Beyond, uh, Into Darkness, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and he had his directorial debut recently with the the Mummy with Tom Cruise. So he's kind of hit or miss, but he has some experience in the Star Trek world, um, which could work to his favor. So I still haven't got around to watching that. As much as I do love me some Star Trek, I have not got around to Discovery, although I have heard great things. Uh, exciting news, um, perfect transition from TV to movie, because we've got a director transitioning from TV to movie, uh, Hiro Mirai. Now, he's not a household name, but he's someone I'm personally very excited about. Uh, he basically, how do I explain this? He is the, the co-creator with, uh, Donald Glover. Of many of many of Donald Glover's projects are kind of co-headed with Hiro Mirai. Uh, he writes and directs a lot on the TV show Atlanta, which Atlanta, like the second season, stepped up so much. Like there are episodes of Atlanta which could be uh, movies in their own right. And he was the director of the This Is America music video. Um, he's a fucking he's a absolute fucking genius and now he is in talks to helm his directorial debut um, in feature film a sci-fi thriller named Man Alive for 20th Century Fox uh, this is based on a spec script by Joe Greenberg which was rewritten by David Robert Mitchell who is best known for It Follows which is a fucking hell of a horror movie um uh, Man Alive covers the events following the invasion of Earth by an alien species when a man faced with isolation and loneliness in order to survive realizes he might not be alone after all. Like, that is a cool premise on its own, but just knowing that Hiro Mirai would uh, be involved in any way 
Like, yes, give this guy all of the fucking movies because seriously, if you haven't seen Atlanta, just go check out. Like, you can watch any one episode, and this show is just that fucking good. So fucking good. Uh, other movie news Participant Media has acquired the film rights to S Town. Uh, if you don't know S Town, it was a seven-episode uh, sort of small-town mystery podcast uh, created by the uh, the guys behind Serial, which is another very very popular podcast. Uh, this is going to be turned into a movie directed by Tom McCarthy, uh, best known for the movie Spotlight, which took Best Picture just a couple years ago. I haven't seen Spotlight. I haven't listened to S Town, but it is exciting that a podcast is being like. Podcasts are entering the uh, the main fray of uh, pop culture a little bit. I mean, there was that short-lived Zach Braff sitcom based on podcasting. Uh, Lore got a TV series. S-Town is getting a movie. Like, it's it's really fucking cool. I gotta say, um, as a as an avid podcasting enthusiast, uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, Sam Mendes, a director I'm a huge fan of, um, best known for, well, most recently he did the, um, oh my god, the James Bond film, Spectre, uh, and he is best known for, let's see, Road to Perdition, Jarhead, American Beauty, uh, Revolutionary Road, like, he's a fantastic director, uh, He's moving back to uh, original films after, you know, getting into the James Bond territory a little bit. His next movie has been announced. It's called 1917. Uh, it is a World War One movie, and he's back with Amblin Entertainment, uh, Steven Spielberg's film company. Uh, so I, I'm not big on war movies, but I really like Sam Mendes' directing, so that's all very fucking cool. Uh, let me see. We have a Sammy Davis Jr. movie is in the works at Paramount. It is based on the biography, Yes, I Can, the story of Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, this is very fucking cool. I uh, I love crooners. I love the Rat Pack. Uh, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and all those cats. I love that music. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is definitely a guy who deserves it, being the uh, the prominent black crooner. Uh, that's that's just a great idea for a movie. And uh, oh, this was an interesting one. Uh, I <laughs> I've never watched uh, any Degrassi, but like that Degrassi fan base is huge. So this week, when Drake released his music video for "Up," uh, sorry, I'm upset, and he got all of the uh, what is it, Degrassi Next Generation cast together for a reunion in the music video, featuring Jay and Silent Bob, Jay Muse and uh, Kevin Smith. Like you're combining so many fan bases into one here, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I saw that blowing up. I saw a lot of uh, a lot of Degrassi fans really enjoying that, and I just thought that was really cool. Um, kind of going back to his roots there. Uh, let me see. Jordan Peele back in the news a little bit. 
Uh, we recently talked about his follow-up to Get Out is going to be released next year. Apparently, um, this is a weird one. He approached Disney because he's interested in adapting their 90s cartoon Gargoyles for the big screen. Um, I have no idea how that would work. Like, just, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how the guy who made Get Out uh, would be adapting Gargoyles, but, like, if he has an idea for it, man, just let him go for it. Just let him go to fucking town. Uh, I loved Gargoyles growing up. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I feel like that one might be one of those cartoons that holds up pretty well. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 man, this would be very interesting to see happen. Like, it's not the direction I ever saw Jordan Peele going in, but fucking who knows, right? Uh, let's see, another, uh, prominent horror director here, James Wan. Um, and if you don't know the name James Wan by now, uh, like, this guy created Saw, uh, Insidious, The Conjuring. He is the master of horror in the modern day. Uh, and he actually, he's behind the upcoming Aquaman movie with Jason Momoa. He apparently is now, uh, well, one of his, his, his next upcoming movies is going to be a remake of Arachnophobia, which, uh, if you don't know, Arachnophobia was a 1990 horror comedy directed by Frank Marshall and starred Jeff Daniels and John Goodman. Uh, man, like, yes, yes, absolutely, yes. Give, like, give James Wan whatever he wants anyway, but an arachnophobia remake is a great idea. It, like, uh, this seems like a perfect match, in my opinion. Uh, let me see. American Horror Story. Uh, any American Horror Story fans listening are surely excited by the announcement. Season 8, coming this fall, is apparently going to be a crossover of two previous seasons. Uh, season 1, Murder House, and Season 3, Coven, are getting their own crossover season. Which, personally, I'm excited as shit. I, I love American Horror Story. I've been following it since day one. The last couple seasons haven't really done it for me. I didn't really... Like, I thought Roanoke was a bit of a slip, and I wasn't a big fan of Cult. Um, but, like... Coven is maybe the best season, in my opinion. It is up there. Uh, Murder House was fantastic. Like, that just seems like a great idea. Uh, and I'm I'm hoping I can get excited about American Horror Story again, pretty much. Uh, let me see. Speaking of horror TV shows, The Walking Dead. Um, John Bernthal is apparently returning in season nine. Now, uh, John Bernthal's character Shane died fucking back in season two. So, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, I guess. It's been seven years, or six or seven years. Um, uh, let me see. He, I don't know where they're going with this exactly. Like, I don't know. I, there's no way they can bring the character back with what happened to him. So it's either going to be a flashback or a hallucination, maybe, something along those lines. But 
I kind of like gave up on Walking Dead a few years ago. Um, won't really get into that or why right now. This isn't going to make me watch it again. But John Bernthal is easily the best actor that's ever been on that show. But that's because John Bernthal is generally the best in everything he's in. Um, and, I mean, it, it won't hurt. There's no way John Bernthal appearing in a TV show could ever hurt. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. Uh, other Walking Dead news and um, actually video game news I'm going to get into here. Uh, I didn't expect to have any video game news following E3 because there was just so much uh, video game news at, in such a short period of time. But uh, some a couple little things I missed here. Uh, Overkill's The Walking Dead finally announced properly. Uh, this is a game that's been sort of uh, rumored and of being worked on for years now. Uh, it is the developers of the Payday series, if you're familiar with those at all. It is a co-op zombie shooter. And apparently, uh, they have Robert Kirkman's blessing to make this uh, the story of this game canon. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I am interested to see what they do with this game. It is being released November 6th of this year uh, on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And uh, I, I don't know, it's, it's just going to be interesting. There, there is gameplay and there's footage and trailers and everything out now. So, who knows? This could actually be pretty good. In other video game news, um, as I mentioned in uh, one of my E3 uh, previews, Destiny 2 Forsaken was announced and uh, given a trailer at the Sony press conference. And it has been confirmed that uh, fan favorite character Cade 6 is absolutely dead. Uh... He has been killed. I don't know if that's going to take place within the game, how that's going to go down. Um, and I think, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people are going to be upset about that. Uh, now, he he's voiced by Nathan Fillion, which is like the main reason I'm a fan. Nathan Fillion is always great. Uh, if you're a Firefly fan, you know exactly who I'm talking about. More updates on Cyberpunk 2077. Um, this is this one has gotten a little uh, debated lately. Uh, the trailer was announced at uh, the Microsoft press conference, and everyone was very excited because it is from the developers of the Witcher series. But it has come out that uh, apparently this is a first-person game, and a lot of fans were not okay with that because they expected a very similar experience to The Witcher. Uh, the developers have come back and explained why and explained that the experience that they are portraying through this game is best felt through a first-person experience, uh, something along those lines. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, it changes anything for me. I mean... First person, third person, if, if a, a good game is a good game. So, well, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes down. Uh, let me see. Tyler Blevins, a.k.a. Ninja, very, very popular uh, Twitch streamer. He's best known for Fortnite lately. Uh, 
He uh, he took a two-day break from Twitch to take part in the Fortnite Pro-Am tournament and uh, won $1 million for charity, but he has uh, talked about the um, like how big of a toll taking days off is on his uh, his Twitch account. He uh, f- just from that two-day break, he lost forty thousand subscribers, which cost him roughly a hundred thousand dollars. That's that's insane. Like that is absolutely nuts. That taking two days off can do that much to your your uh, following. Um, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, let me see the last of the video game news and brand new and the most exciting for me personally. Telltale Games is apparently adapting Stranger Things. They're doing a Stranger Things game. If you don't know Telltale Games, uh, they have a very specific type of video game. Uh, They're best known for their Walking Dead series. They've done Game of Thrones. Uh, Let me see. They've done Guardians of the Galaxy, Batman, uh, Minecraft. They've done Borderlands. They've done... Oh, The Wolf Among Us. Uh, It's episodic... Uh, games. They're released in episodes and it's a lot of uh, dialogue choices and that sort of thing. You watch the story, you change little bits of the story depending on how you respond to things. It It's very, like, they're very fun games. Um, and they're done, like, the art style is so cool. It's very um, cel-shaded, that sort of thing. It, very fun games, and Stranger Things, I think, is a perfect fit. Uh, but that being said, I, I I love Stranger Things, and I'm going to find as many excuses to talk about Stranger Things as possible. Which leads me into the next one, uh, Stranger Things is getting a comic book series from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, it's going to be written by Jody Hauser, who is a great writer, and illustrated by Stefano Martino. Uh... This comic series is going to center on Will Byers during his time in the Upside Down. So the comic series itself is going to take place inside of the Upside Down. Which is a fantastic idea. Because the way that works, like, I was trying to think about it. I was like, you can't have it take place prior to uh, Stranger Things. Because there's not, like, it's not as interesting a story, I guess. I mean, there might be something... But, like, you don't want to reveal information that hasn't uh, hasn't been revealed yet on the show. You don't want to do a sequel series because that would kind of ruin the show. You can't just take the characters and do other adventures because it wouldn't fit in the continuity. So, yes, take it, t- just parts of the show that happened that we haven't actually witnessed Will Byers inside the Upside Down is perfect. Makes perfect sense. Uh, issue number one uh, is going to be out September 26th, and you can be fucking damn well sure that I will be buying it because I am nuts about Stranger Things. Uh, one more piece of exciting comic book news here beloved 90s comic series and cartoon, The Max, is going to be returning to comics. Uh, original creator Sam Keith is going to be writing. 
the series for IDW this time. It's, it was originally an Image Comics series, but uh, IDW are taking on the Max with the original creator. Uh, and that's pretty exciting. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the Max works in today's era. It was very 90s. It, it, it kind of fit with the aesthetic and the values of the 90s. Uh, really well so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes um, and one last piece of news that we have touched on briefly in Jedi Dropouts but I feel like I just have to mention it for uh, updates uh, the Fox Disney do- deal is not uh, exactly done uh, last we reported Disney had put an offer on the table 52 billion dollars for Fox's assets, and Comcast, the parent company of NBC, I guess is the best way to explain who they are, has outbid Disney with $65 billion. Um, Apparently Disney are are probably going to match that or outbid them. There's a bidding war basically going on. I don't even think that Comcast and Disney are after the same things. Disney's clearly after, like, the X-Men. Comcast looks to be more after the uh, television networks and news outlets that Fox owns. So, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. Like, it's not a done deal. But uh, it is going to be interesting to keep your eye on in the coming uh, weeks. Uh, And... That is it for the very first incarnation of the Dropout Report. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this. I'm going to try and keep doing this. I don't know how often. We'll see how much news I can get, really. Uh, And I'm going to try and save all the big, most relevant stuff for the actual Jedi Dropouts um, episodes. But, as always, you can check out uh, other episodes of all of our podcasts and such things over at www.jedidropouts.pod... Oh, my God. Let me try that again. www.jedidropouts.podbean.com or wherever podcasts are found. You can follow us on our various social media. You can check us out over on YouTube. Uh, James has a YouTube channel. Uh, Just title James Moss, and you can find uh, his trailer reactions uh his gameplay videos and so on over there uh we've got all kinds of stuff going on follow us on facebook at jedi dropouts that's the best way to find what we're doing and um thanks again for listening never forget to drop out and i will catch you guys later (laughs) 